When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's your boys John and Jack, and welcome to the very first episode of Courtside, a Clips Nation podcast. We're very excited to be joining the SB Nation and sharing our thoughts on all things Clippers with you guys. Today, we'll be looking over the current state of the Clips, revisiting their past few games, and introducing our first podcast segment. Jack, are you ready to get into it? I've been born ready. All right. So far, the Clippers are about halfway through the season, over halfway through the season. They've been hovering around 500, a couple games below. Uh, They currently have a top five defense still, given all the injuries and health and safety protocols. There's been uh, injuries to many of the players on the team. Predominantly, Kawhi hasn't played a game. Paul George recently, around Christmas Day, was ruled out for the next four weeks from that date with a UCL tear in his elbow, and we're still waiting on word on the severity of it and what the next steps would be. Uh, there's been numerous players entering health and safety protocols. Luke Kennard's been in it for about 14 days. Hopefully, it'll be over soon since he's just testing positive and can't seem to get out of it. But luckily, it's been leading to great opportunities for these 10-day guys. Um, So, Jack, what is your current view of the Clippers right now, given their record uh, for the personnel they have and their ability to stay top five in defense with all that going against them? Yeah, it's really great they've been able to stay uh, top-notch defensively. It does suck because the offense is just – really really doing bad but yeah. at least the defense is there and it's hard to you know to keep an offense when you got all these guys out and then you got guys coming back in and you're without Paul George Kawhi and you know all these other guys that are in and out but now Luke Kennard consistently being out in health and safety protocols but we're just lingering in that play and turn and I feel like that's kind of right where we probably will end up is the play and tourney due to everyone being out uh, it'll probably be hard for us to drop like towards the 10th 11th seed uh, right now we're eighth seed and kind of fighting seven, eight, nine with the Lakers and the Timberwolves probably end around there. Six and fifth seed, probably a bit too difficult to get into right now. Dallas and Denver are in the fifth and the sixth seed, and they, they got a couple games ahead of us and, you know, have a more consistent team. Obviously Denver dealing with injuries, but they got the MVP and they got more, you know, continuity with their team. But yeah, we just got to We got to just stay afloat, just stay afloat. Obviously, we it's going to be hard to have championship expectations with all these guys out Kawhi and PG especially so we just got to stay afloat keep developing our younger guys keep improving and and try to find some offense out of all this you know it's hard when Reggie and Morris are kind of being forced into these number one option roles which they usually would not be Uh, but we're seeing a lot of bright spots like Amir Coffey doing amazing lately and and being our leading scorer in some of these games so there's still some bright spots it's not all negative even though we got guys out. We're not winning as many games. We're not doing as as well. You know, we still got a lot of positives and a lot of bright spots to look at. 
Yeah, and then another thing on that for given how well they've done without the injuries or with all the injuries is that we don't know if these guys are coming back. Um, I think we've been hearing more momentum on Kawhi coming back, whether it's his uh, the way the what was it that one report that uh, from the athletic that Jerry West said that he can't even tell that he had an operation. That's good news. And then we've heard from Ramona Shelburne on NBA Today. Apparently, some people were saying he doesn't, he looks like he could play, but I'm sure they would take it cautious, especially given that they're in the plan right now. But I'm, I think I'm more worried about Paul George because that injury is kind of weird. If he does need surgery in baseball, you're typically out a year. And I just, don't know if it's worth bringing Kawhi back if they have to just put uh have him go under the needle and get a surgery to repair it and then Kawhi does what PG did this season and just go solo and then wait for him to come back it's just there's just a lot of uncertainty surrounding this team what do you think is going to happen in regards to either the returns this season or next season yeah, like you said, it's it's a really weird injury PG got. It's usually a pitcher's injury in baseball, so it's a, it's a very odd injury in basketball. Um, in in the cases that have happened in the NBA, like Batum actually had it one time, and he didn't have to you know miss too much time with it. It wasn't as bad. So hopefully PG is kind of in that boat where rehabbing can just make it healthy again. But yeah, I agree. I think there's no point in rushing Kawhi or PG back if we're just going to be in that playing tournament. Uh, obviously, we would love to see both of them back, but it would be kind of weird if then PG is now out and then Kawhi comes back. So it's like we always just have one of them. But yeah, they, they, we're probably going to stay in that playing tournament. There's no point in rushing them back. Obviously, the reports have been that Kawhi's doing great. He's ahead of schedule. Um, he doesn't care about the seating, but you know, Kawhi, he's very calculated, very meticulous. So he'll probably he'll be keeping um, our seating in his mind. You know, the report said he doesn't really care about the seating, but. He's probably keeping it in his mind and seeing where we're at. But, yeah, there's no point in rushing back. Why, why risk that injury? Yeah. Do you, think it's, do you think it's worth it to play him this season if PG doesn't return at all? I mean, if he's good to go, I mean, and there's, like, a, still a, a few – like, a, a number of games remaining, and he wants to play, you know, like, we, we can play him, obviously, just on a, probably a minutes restriction. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he's good to go – like maybe if there's like one or two games left, like obviously probably not playing, but if there's still a lot of games left and he just, he's good to go, he's cleared, he's ready, he wants to, then yeah, we could play him. But I mean, I wouldn't expect like him to be in Kawhi playoff God mode, I guess, mm -hmm. if he comes back. Yeah. Okay. And then what's your concern on a scale of one to 10 on Paul George's elbow? I mean, right now, I mean, we haven't really heard anything since the initial report, so it'll stay at like a, in the middle, like a five. I feel like we'll probably hear in the next week. I think it's, it, that will mark four weeks since Christmas. Yeah, it's almost been a month. It was Christmas. Yeah, the day I get a, I get a Paul George jersey for Christmas. Oh I my God. Out, yeah, that's right. You curse. <laughs> I can't believe that. I tweet out, parents got me right for Christmas. I, I literally think within 30 minutes tweet goes out from Woj Paul George is expected to be reevaluated in three to four weeks with this with his elbow injury so 
the Jack curse sometimes is just brutal. Yeah, really Clippers fans just blame Jack for everything that goes wrong with the team. I'm sorry, guys. I'm it's sorry. It's all good. It's all right. Let's um, let's move on to something I guess a little less depressing. Um, and that is health and safety protocols. Unfortunately, Luke is still in it, and Justice Winslow is still in it. Luke has been weird. Um, he just can't stop testing positive. I think he was okay or he had might have had symptoms i don't want to speculate as i just speculated um but i think he <laughs> i think he's good i think it's just that he just testing positive and he can't get out of it uh more so that um it's actually really hitting him hard like we've seen I, some I'm players i'm kind of in the same boat I, oh I, yeah I've been you testing positive too it's been like 10 days and i with covid and i've had only like one day where I was congested and that was all the symptoms I've had. And now it's been like 10 days. I'm trying, I'm trying to get out of health and safety protocols too, Luke. I feel you. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. Uh, it's so different with everybody. Um, when COVID first, uh, first dropped first, the OG version in the bubble. <laughs> it's an album. Yes, exactly. Uh, Mo Bamba had it and it was so bad for him. He couldn't get back uh, in the bubble season that he he was progressively uh trying to improve himself his conditioning wise but it hit him really hard and he didn't we didn't really see him until the next season but i think given the vaccines and everything it won't be that bad uh for some of these players and you see like guys like tatum needs an inhaler uh some guys just have it worse than others but i think for the most part with the vaccines and everything people are a little uh, a little better off now than it was when there was before that. But on top of that, I want to talk about how that opened up opportunities for 10 day guys like Wenyan Gabriel, James Ennis, and probably the biggest acquisition from the hardship signings was Xavier Moon. He's not really the, uh, he's not going to start for you, but I think of those three day guys, he has been the nicest surprise. I, I wish James Ennis got a little more run with the team, but Xavier Moon has shown some good uh, ability in his time with the Clippers. He could hit a mid-range jumper. He is pretty quick off the dribble, can penetrate the defense. Uh, there was one game against the Timberwolves where he was stopping every fast break, and he's not the biggest guard, but it's really nice to see him. It's nice to see that he got a third 10-day from the team uh what's your assessment on xavier moon so far this season yeah he's had some some times where he comes in and can just get you some buckets like we saw it against the nets game the crazy game the clippers won there he came in and got some some clutch buckets in the fourth quarter when it seemed like the nets were about to pull away and then i mean we even saw it we got blown out by the pelicans the other night but again late in the fourth quarter he came in and just started lighting it up and he got he got 10 points four assists like he just comes in and can make plays happen he seems like he's very fitting for that six-man role maybe one day in the NBA. Don't know if it'll be with the Clippers, but he seems mm -hmm. good at just coming in, giving you energy, giving you buckets. And that, that seems like a good role for him. Uh, I feel like, yeah, against the Nets, it seemed like James Ennis, Wenyan Gabriel, Xavier Moon, because like, that was the game where we really had like nobody playing. So that was the game that they actually started playing pretty well. James Ennis isn't with the team anymore. The Nuggets picked him up. The Nuggets always take old Clippers. It's it's getting kind of I know crazy. that is it's getting it's getting kind of getting kind of fishy. 
yeah, it's very, very suspicious. Maybe they just want to copy us because we're so great. I don't know. But yeah, no, Wendy and Gabriel, he had some good spots. Uh, you know, they got it's hard to just because Xavier Mood isn't getting minutes every single game. He sometimes just gets them here and there. But yeah, I've liked him as a six man. Maybe he could he could have a future as a six man in the NBA for sure. Yeah. Um Katino Mobley said it on the broadcast when they played the Pelicans that he reminds him a little bit of Monte Morris. And I can kind of see that. Just small, skinny guard. Yeah. But that can score. Yeah, definitely. Um, we haven't seen too much from three. But he's got a pretty g- good mid-range game. It's I don't even know if you can do you consider a mid-range if they're long twos, like super long twos, like college three or high school three level. Yeah, it's like a deep mid. A deep you call mid-range. that a mid? Deep mid? Okay. But he yeah, yeah he's got mid. that. He's had a uh in the Nets game, you could see him, he was able to get it off the dribble. And I thought that was impressive because he's small. He's a small guard and still get, um, showing the ability to do that. Uh, I hope even if they don't sign him uh, to another 10-day after his third one expires, that they could keep him on the Agua Caliente Clippers if someone else doesn't sign him. But he's he's been a really nice piece, I would say. I don't know if he helps long-term, but I think he d- definitely deserves a spot on a roster. And it's it's been really nice to see. I, I also really wish James Ennis stayed. I know I said that before, but I really liked him on the team. But I don't know. Yeah, they, 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 they were nice. Stuff. You know, they gave us some quality minutes, helped us get that win against the Nets. But you know who the real nice piece of all this has been? Who? Who? That latte. That latte. Amir Coffee. Amir Coffee, John. Amir Coffee. Brother, he's... What was it? His third year on a two-way with us? Is that right? Or is it his second year? I believe year? so. Yeah, he's he's definitely outplayed his contract. And I, that's the thing with this season. It's even if it ends up being a throwaway, at least it turned into development for guys like uh, Amir Coffey, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, uh, Xavier Moon, Brandon Boston, Keon a little bit. Uh, that's the thing. At least you have something to build upon when it comes to this season. When you look back, like maybe in 2023, they'll be like, hey, um, we don't see Terrence Mann making that play uh, last season, but we see him making it now. Uh, we don't see Luke taking these shots. Because even if you look at Luke now, I think he's been the biggest improvement. Uh, he's probably the most improved player from year over year. I think that's what you kind of have to – think about that when you think about this season because I don't know if you can aspire for a championship if Kawhi and PG are both aren't back but you might as well try to build up all your small victories as much as you can um what do you think about that uh perspective on how the Clippers play this year yeah I agree with you I think you you know a lot of people are mad or kind of upset that we don't have that pick for this year given to the Thunder and the PG trade that's understandable it would be nice you know to just have that pick but at the same time, it's like, okay, so what? We don't have the pick. Let's get all these players developed. Let's get coffee better, Canard, T-Man, Boston, all these guys. Let's keep on improving them, build upon it. It doesn't have to just be all negative, like, oh, we don't have a pick, so all these games mean nothing. All these losses are terrible. This is not improving anything. Like, no, it's it's improving these guys. Amir Coffee, like, against the Nuggets in that comeback game, 18, 5, 7, and 4 steals, like, 43 minutes. He played the entire second half. Tyloo played him the entire second half. He does not do that often with players. So we really, really trusted him. 
He was six of 11, three of seven from three. He's just been playing well. He's been our, he was our leading scorer. Like he's been our leading, like Amir Coffee John has been our leading scorer consistently in this stretch. He's consistently scoring more than, than anyone else on the team. And, and even against the Spurs, he had 20 points, five rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, seven of 13, four of eight from three. Like he's shooting well too. It's not even like he's chucking it. He's shooting good shots, threes off the dribble, driving in. And he's really long. He can play defense really well. He's been a really, really great get. I think he's going to be a consistent roster piece even when we're fully healthy. I just – I don't know. I probably, probably won't start, but off the bench, I think he can definitely be a, a consistent guy off the bench. And he's really – and uh, the best part about him, though, is, of course, his last name, Brian Seaman on the call with all his amazing puns. They, they got me dying in the living room. My God, watching games, bro. So keep that up, Brian. Yeah, I think – the thing with the mirror – that I love is that well he's still young he's 24 and he's 6'7 and he's long runs the floor but I think the thing that surprised everyone from these games is that he's been able to do something off the bounce and because not most 3 and D guys that's around stars oh they just uh, catch and shoot cut defend but he's doing more than that he's shown some chops uh, in pick and roll, I've seen him reject a screen with a nice cross, pocket pass. Uh, see him hit open windows when the roller takes away, uh, takes the help man. And I think that development is just honestly amazing for him. It, it's it's good for him. I think it's also a lesson why you can't get on Amir or Amir Brandon Boston so much because think about it, Boston's still a rookie. Amir Coffee's it's taken what three seasons for him to turn into this. So I think it's unfair to judge Keon and Brandon on their play this year, but I'm really liking what I'm seeing from your coffee. And I think you're right. I think he, he is a good piece. They need to keep uh, beyond this season, give him an actual contract. I think my one worry is that someone else is going to see him and be like, Oh no, we can offer him more. And that would be, uh, that would be the reason why we'd see him leave. And then that could be something that could bite us in the butt, but he's been good. He's been really good. Um, yeah. And I mean, I hate to say this, but Hey, you never know what the Clippers could be a trade piece. He's got some serious, I feel like he seriously built up his value. Obviously I would love for him to stay, Yeah, but Hey, I mean, he's, he's definitely up this value. He's, he's playing really well. I could see a team being like, Hey, this guy could actually be really great for us. We'll give you, this better guy for short term while well, we'll take your long term Amir Coffee piece. So you never know with the Clippers, but yeah, that Amir Coffee, I think, has probably been the brightest spot during this stretch without a lot of guys. I think he's really he's really been consistently getting minutes, starting minutes, and and showing that he can be a legit roster piece for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before we go to the next segment, I also want to close with uh, Amir Coffee that. He's really good at just getting downhill without pounding the ball. He He's just good with like a little head and shoulder fake, like maybe one cross. Uh, but he gets north and south. He's not just dribbling, try, waiting to break his guy down. He can really get downhill and then break down defense and then kick. Um, but I think he is a he does help the roster right now. Like he is a long, you can look at him long-term, which he will be better long-term, but he does help the roster right now. So Amir, if you're listening, probably isn't. Keep up the good work, brother. We love you. Um, 
Hey, never say never. He could be, he could be listening. Yeah, we love you, man. Uh, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. <laughs> what, Jack, what is your biggest concern for the Clippers? I know there's a lot, but um, <laughs> what, what are your biggest concerns for them currently? Well, obviously health. We talked about that. We definitely got to get healthy. I feel like that's the biggest concern right now is that the front office is just like, okay, let's just get all these guys healthy. Um, so I think that's their main focus. But aside from that right now, it's definitely the offense. I believe we're like 28th or 29th in offense right now. It's just, it's just been really, really bad. We've been towards the bottom with, you know, the Pistons and all these other poor offensive teams. Obviously, that's because of the health and people being out. But, yeah, like I said earlier, Reggie and Morris, you know, being forced to be this one and two options, which they're, they're just not. So it's hard. I mean, some people are harsh on Twitter about them. And they definitely got to be better. Uh, Reggie's been shooting very poorly lately. And they definitely got to be better. But it's just really hard to force them into this number one option. And Reggie especially, who's kind of a streaky guy, sometimes consistently can be tricky for him to really get into a groove. And But when he's hot, he's hot. So if we can just – get a little bit more consistency out of the guys. Um, that, that would be great. Cause even with the guys off the bench, like Bledsoe and Serge, sometimes they'll have great stints. Sometimes they'll have some poor stints. So right now we just got to get that offensive consistency. And, and I think that'll get us, get us some more wins. Cause like you said earlier, the defense is going to be there. Just need that offensive consistency, especially with guys out. Yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying, especially that the offense is the biggest concern. I mean, they just don't have the personnel to be, a playoff team right exactly. now it's exactly. like like this roster is built for Kawhi and pg and people are talking about trades right now um and then you got to think about if you okay say you want to trade for someone are they going to fit with Kawhi and pg uh are they going to help with that championship window with them i just think that these pieces around them are just super well complimentary of them and then the thing with the lack of shock creation in the offense is that Marcus Morris and Reggie were the third and fourth options with everyone healthy. And now they're being thrusted into first to second. And that's kind of, that's tough because they're not used to that. Morris is a little bit uh, with New York and he's been, this is the best he's looked as a Clipper and it's, this is his third season. So he's, this is probably the leanest he's been, the healthiest he's been. It's probably that fish diet, if I'm being honest. But he's, yeah, they said he, that on the podcast. Yeah, he's hitting shots, tough shots. And you know what's the funniest thing about it is that Ty Lu is so good with ATOs, and I've literally seen him run a play for Marcus Morris. It's not for an open look at three. It's not for a little pin down, uh, elbow catch, uh, for an open mid range. It's all just like to a mid post entry for Marcus Morris. And then all he does is just ISO there and he just shoots over his defender, which he's really good at. That's what I like about him. He can get his shot over defenders, but he's been really good. I feel like since he's come back from his knee issue, I don't know what they did do it, but 
good lord i i i wish they could do that to everyone else on the team but he's <laughs> he's been great i think i think reggie just thrives better when he's playing with better players like we saw with pg in the playoffs last year that he was great um he's still averaging around 17 a game this year but he's the volume is up because he has to be and it's just i think it's just a tough ask to ha- to expect him to be like our Damian Lillard every night it's just it's not fair I don't think it's fair to him but we do I would say we share the same concerns around them and that's just it's health and all that that has to come back this I honestly don't think this team needs a trade to be honest I think they just need health and I think that's what we'll see a fully loaded Clippers but it is the Clippers so we don't know yeah but knowing the Clippers yeah sometimes we may never see it is gonna get dealt at the deadline every deadline a fan favorite or some player that everyone loves is is gonna be moved so just just be ready for it it's gonna happen we're we're gonna see Luke Kennard hit a game-winning three and then we're gonna be crying the next day when (laughs) he gets not the buzzer beater and then straight to the next day yeah shout out Tobias still love you that's brutal no, that's why isn't that having a Blake too? Like, oh, it's so tough. Yeah, it's don't expect everything or expect nothing with the front office. I just you can't predict them, but Clipper Nation, just be prepared. Um, any other thoughts, Jack, on the state of the Clippers before we move on? I mean, we just it seems like we win the games we're not supposed to win and we lose the games we are supposed to win. Like we get blown out by the Pelicans, but we beat KD and Harden. But then we lose to the Spurs, but then we come back from 25 down in the second half against Jokic. Like just whatever you think is going to happen with the Clippers, it will not happen. It's just there's just you cannot predict a single thing that is going to happen, but where they're still giving us some of these super fun wins. Like, obviously, the bad losses, like Pelicans losses, those suck. But, like, the one, like that one against the Nuggets was so much fun. So, so much fun. At the Crypt, down 25 in the second half. And, and the Clippers just start chipping away, chipping away. Fourth quarter comes. We're kind of right within striking distance. Reggie's had just a, a, an abysmal game. He's only made, like, one or two shots. And all of a sudden, he gets, like, 10 points in a row or something dunks it over the MVP Jokic that one made me really happy because oh that Jokic was hitting some crazy shots and dunks it over MVP Jokic we finish it out but it got kind of close at the end because when Jokic shot that three I was like if this goes in I'm literally crying myself to sleep please do not let this be the end and then it misses and I'm like yes we're gonna win and then Aaron Gordon jumps up in the air it goes right to him at the free throw line he shoots it up and it goes in and out to tie it and the game is over. I got kind of scared they were going to call a foul, but the game was over. So, hey, the Clippers may be super hurt, but they're still giving us this wild, unpredictable, insane finishes and crazy games that are still super fun to watch. Obviously, the blowouts suck, the bad losses suck, but these games are still so, so fun to watch because you never know what's going to happen. Okay. Let me ask you this then. What's, what, um, what feeling is stronger when they beat a team they're not supposed to, or when they lose a team they should beat? Oh, well, with this team, with guys injured, definitely when they beat a team they're not supposed to. That feels way better. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Because it's nice. When we, when we beat a team we're not supposed to beat, we're like, oh, my God, we're the best. But then if we lose, we can just be like, oh, we're injured. You know, it's hard to expect. So, you know, we, we can't lose. Simple. Yeah, but that, 
I think the thing is when you do lose to the inferior teams, it's like it's so dis- it's disappointing. But then you kind of have to have perspective. Like this team isn't. How many times are they better than the team that they've lost to that you're supposed supposedly better than? Like, did do you think that when they lost to the Pelicans, do you think the Clippers had a better roster than that Pelicans roster with Brandon Ingram and Valanciunas? Oh uh, yeah, Jones. the Pelicans. I mean, Ingram was the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. Then maybe Jonas Valanciunas. Like Josh they got. Hart too, they had, yeah. yeah, it's 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 hard to. You know, obviously it should have been closer. We shouldn't have done as bad as we did, but at the end of the day. It's a loss, so it's hard to can't win them all with the lineup we got out there. Yeah, but yeah, the with the wins against like the Nets, the comeback against the Nuggets, those are the ones we're really gonna remember. Those are the fun ones that that will stick in our memories. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that was that was nice. Um, let's move on to our next segment. We're just gonna be reviewing the last few games. Um, so during the past three games. They had the 25-point comeback against the Nuggets, which was the fourth biggest comeback in franchise history. The Pelicans game, which was yikes. And then the Spurs game, where they put up a nice fight at the end, or in the second half, took the lead, but then ultimately couldn't get it done. Jack, what did you think about that stretch? I feel like there was a bit of everything emotionally. The Nuggets game was probably the most euphoria you feel. Uh, from a victory. Speaking Pelicans, of euphoria, I'm so excited for episode two. I Sorry, know, I, go on. No, it's okay. I am too, actually. Um, the Pelicans <laughs> game is probably the most one of the most disappointing you'll losses you'll feel, just because it just never felt like there was a chance. And the Spurs game, you're just like, ah, man, because you were proud of the fight for how they came back, but you're disappointed in the result. What what is your uh, what is your outlook on those past few games? Yeah, I already touched, you know, on the Nuggets game. Also, hold on. You said that's just so funny to me that a 25-point comeback is the fourth biggest comeback in our franchise history. In the He's like, that's like you would think that'd be the top. 25 is a lot of points to come back from. So that's really funny how that's the fourth. But, yeah, I kind of touched on that. You know, that was great, especially, you know, after we had had some, some bummy losses before that, aside from beating the Hawks. But then, yeah, the Pelicans game, that was just a, a total wash. Like, as soon as that game started – and we went down by like 10 to 15 early. It was just like, ugh, it's going to be one of those games again against the Pelicans. Jonas Valanciunas wasn't Dirk Nowitzki, but he still had 18 and 16. So he was still, you know, doing what he usually does. He's England good. Well, he, but he's a legitimately good. He's center. a great, he's a really good, really, really good big. That's a great pickup for them, especially because mm-hmm. he can stretch the floor really well. But yeah, it was like all their guys were, were scoring too. It wasn't just, you know, Ingram. It wasn't just Jonas, like, it, it, it was a ton of their guys, like Josh Hart with 12, Graham with 13, Jones with 14, Jackson Hayes with 13. Like, each guy was chipping in, and they had a really great game there. Uh, obviously, the Clippers' offense struggled again in that game. And then, you know, we played San Antonio last night, and it was, it was a bit better. It started off a, a little rocky. We went down by, like, 16 in the second quarter. The second quarter was really, really bad for the Clippers. But then third quarter comes, we start to make a bit of a comeback. Coffee did really, really well in that third and fourth quarter. And fourth Surge. quarter comes. And we're Surge up too. Yeah, Serge Ibaka had probably, you know, one of his best games of the season, best stints. He had 10 and 10 with two blocks. I kind of wanted him to stay in the whole rest of the fourth quarter. But, yeah. you know, I guess with his with his minutes, he, you know, he's, he's up there in age, so we can't play him too, too much. But, yeah, we went up 92-87 against the Spurs. 
and then we lose 94 to 101. That was a tough, tough ending. It kind of sucked because that lineup, like Boston had a couple big buckets too. Like that lineup with Ibaka and Boston in that start of the fourth quarter really just kind of got us that lead and, and gave us some energy. Defense was great. Offense was great. And then once the usual guys like Reggie and Morris checked in, it just kind of it, it kind of felt a little shaky. Morris had a couple turnovers. Then we had a couple good looks that missed. And Spurs capitalized on all of that. And they, DeJounte Murray had a great game. He had 18, 7, 9, and 3 steals. So, yeah, Spurs are a great – well, it was a good coaching battle too with that. And Ty Lue versus Pop. You could see yep. some of the adjustments they were making. It was a fun game. We kept it close at the end. Couldn't get it done. Sucks, but hey, we made we still made a solid comeback and, and kept it close. Yeah, no, uh, I do want to touch on that Spurs game. Oh, one more thing about the Nuggets comeback. Um, that that's a game you can't forget that the Clippers only had twenty eight points at halftime. So <laughs> that's crazy. That that's we insane. Won. That's also insane. That that game had multiple multiple like wild moments. But shout out that got to move on, unfortunately. But we'll always have that. Um, uh, but that Spurs game, you're right. Amir Coffee in the second half. In the third quarter specifically, when uh, the Clippers kept going down by like 12, 13, like he he kept them alive. Like he would help jab them back into it. Um, and then that second unit with Serge especially, who was huge. He closed the third quarter with two big threes. And then because he had those jumpers, Ty Lue drew up a pin down for him to start the fourth. And then he hits that mid-range jumper. And then all of a sudden, now he's feeling it. Now he's feeling good. After that, he gets one block on Murray. And after that, he pins, uh, I want to say Lawndale. Landale. Yeah. He pins him. Jock Landale. Yeah. Looks looks like OKC Surge. Um, then gets another jump hook to make it 92-87. And then the Clippers only score two points for the rest of the game. I, I really did think that it, it was kind of disappointing because you usually see a coach if the Second unit's making a comeback. I feel like you usually see them stick with that lineup. And we did see kind of the life of the comeback go away once him, uh, Ibaka, and Boston sat down. And Boston, I don't know how much he weighs, but he had two really tough finishes at the rim that game where I was, like, really impressed because he didn't have his jumper. And I was like, geez, like, he really just took it to them and finished. But, yeah, I kind of wish he would have stuck with Serge at least surge in that lineup. I think the maybe the game doesn't shift as much as it does, but that is that's definitely a tough way to go out. But you got to be proud of the fight. I know people say that a lot after they lose, but it really it's a Tyloo DNA thing that he's instilled into this team, uh, being malleable. Uh, the players accepting it, uh, accepting roles. He went three centers deep tonight, so that's I don't know how many teams do that. I don't know if it's going to be continue to be a thing because Surge did well, but I think it's good to see that fight. Um, any other thoughts on those past few games before we move on to our first original segment, Jack? Um, yeah, just like you said at the end of that game, shout out Joey Lynn. This tweet coming from him: The Clippers scored their 94th point of the game to take the lead with 4:18 to play. From that moment on, Coffee miss, Morris turnover, Morris turnover, Batum turnover, Bledsoe miss. Bledsoe turnover, Morris miss, Reggie miss, Clippers lose 101-94. Shout out Joey Lynn again. But, yeah, that's just – it's a sucky ending. Yeah. Shout out Joey, uh, friend of the pod, friend of us. Um, 
Well, and friend of the Clippers community. Exactly. Most most of them. Exactly. Um, so we'll continue on after that. Hopefully they can build upon that and hopefully wash away that uh, Pelican stinker. But now is the time to introduce our first original segment, and it is called Judge Jack. Jack, Woo! how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling like Judge Judy. Wow. Wow. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. So I'll explain to the <laughs> listeners at home or on the road, wherever you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this on the, game, on the way to the game tomorrow. Who knows? Anyway, Judge Jack, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Jack uh, a topic, and he is going to judge it 1 through 10 on how he feels. Jack, are you ready? I'm born ready again. Okay. I'm going to start with something a little light. Um, Judge Jack, what's your verdict or score? One through ten on Serge Ibaka's recent play. Ooh, well, recent play. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. I would like you know, a ten would be like a ten would be like. He's exactly what we wanted to be like last year, and that is the Ibaka we brought in. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really been that. He's had some pretty rough stints sometimes where it's like, man, what's he doing out there? But his recent play, he's, he's been getting better. He had the Spurs game. He, he's just he's been doing better. Even against the Nuggets, he had some good minutes too. So he's been doing better. I'll give I'll give him a seven. It's not it's not totally up there yet, but it's not as bad as 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 it once was, especially earlier in the year. I th- I think that last game helped him get get up to a seven. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. That last game yeah. got him to a seven. I don't know if he had an average game. I don't know where else he'd be apart from that. But you're the judge, and I'm not. So great ruling. Uh, the next topic: Reggie's dunk over Nikola Jokic, one through ten. Ten point five. Wow, it was ten point five. That I mean, no eleven. That's an eleven, man. That's after the twenty five point comeback. After Reggie had struggled the whole game, he starts getting the Reggie chance. This is the guy that made us blow a 3-1 lead in Jokic. This is uh, just a brutal game from the Clippers. The crowd was kind of getting quiet. Reggie had struggled. This is a dunk saying, I'm still Reggie Vision, baby, right over Jokic. And and it's from Reggie, too. He doesn't usually get a lot of poster dunks like that. So that's an 11. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I completely forgot about that three-one thing. <laughs> Jokic, until you brought. Yeah, we it up. like to we like to forget about that. Yeah, I, I think I think we've seen better. I think uh, PG's dunk over Powell was better, but that's not the question. Obviously, it was it was a big dunk uh, over the MVP uh, with history in a comeback, and given how Reggie played earlier, I, I would I would agree with your ruling. That's a good one. Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, as a dunk. PG and even Kawhi have had better dunks for sure. But as far as who's doing the dunk, who it's on, the moment of the game, how did the player play in the game? I'm pretty sure it was after Jokic hit that crazy one-legged shot too. Like it's all about the moment and the circumstances and this and that, that you got to factor in everything. It makes me rule it in 11. I have to, it's Reggie. Love it. Okay. How about this one? Um, Bledsoe's recent play as the backup point guard. One through ten. I would say. I would say I would say that's at an eight. I would say eight? that's at an eight. It's pretty good. I, I, I think I think I think he's done pretty well. People are even saying like, oh, maybe you should play over Reggie. Like, 
yeah, it's definitely up there. You know, it's, he's had he's had some pretty good backup minutes, and and I'm tempted to go nine. He's done he's done really well for us. Wow, backup point guard in this you're, thing. But I think I'm gonna keep generous. it at an eight. I'm a nice guy. I'm a positive nice guy. Yeah. I'll keep it at an eight though. He's he's done great as a backup point guard. I feel like we can see now that he could even consistently be a backup point guard. Um, just the way he can play, make get in the paint when his shooting is going well, you know, we had some hot streaks. He has some cold streaks, but when those threes are dropping and he's playmaking, getting in the paint and she's strong and quick so he can defend, even though he's not the tallest. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he's been at an eight. I think he's done pretty well. Okay. You're a very positive guy, Jack. That's what I like about you. I, I try, you know, I try. Yeah. Okay. How about this one then? Reggie Jackson's play as a starter. Do you, would you like some numbers on him before you answer that? Ooh, this this may not be too positive, but yeah, give me the numbers. Okay, so this year he's averaging sixteen points a game, three rebounds, three point nine assists, and he's shooting thirty seven point nine percent from the field, eighty three point three percent from the free throw line, and thirty two point six percent from three. You may lay out your ruling. <sighs> Well, this is tough, right? Because are we talking recently? Are we talking earlier? Like, you know, let's go. Let's go collectively as the whole season. Like, what what would you judge? What would you judge him right now? Man, I love Reggie so much. It's tough because, oh, it's so tough because we know when he in the playoffs with PG and Kawhi, he's just terrific. Then when it's just PG and him, he has some good games, some bad games. Then when there's no PG and it's just him. It, 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 it's rough, but yeah, it's hard to yeah. it's hard to factor it all in. Okay, so this is what I would say, right? With PG and Kawhi, love him. He's at like a nine. With just PG and him, goes to like a seven-ish. Then when it's just him, ooh, it, it, it's sometimes rough out there. He has some good games. He has some explosive stretches, but it's been really rough, especially even sometimes on defense. With just him, it probably dwindles down to like a five. Wow. Okay, Jack. See you being objective. <laughs> yeah, I like that. We got three. We got three different rulings from you from one question. Yeah, it's it's That's hard good. to fat, but I love Reggie. The love I have for him is a ten. That will never change. Okay, but Reggie, if you're listening to us, he still gave you a five. <laughs> no, he's gonna watch this tomorrow against the Pacers. He's gonna go off, and I'm I'm bringing it up to a ten. From a I five hope, to a ten. I hope you guys aren't listening to this on um, a Tuesday and he does bad against the Pacers because then that would just be tough. Oh God. But no, don't worry, but off. we all want him to do well. I don't know a single person that would want Reggie Jackson to struggle because when he struggled, when he I saw a staff from the Valley Sports broadcast that when he scores twenty or more points, the Clippers are nine and one. So he's the barometer for the team, and that should give every Clipper fan. Um, the energy to encourage him and want him to do well. So, yeah, he does have his moments, and that's the Reggie Jackson experience. But sometimes with the highs are are can get pretty high, and then it's just it's really tough. But again, you have to think about the perspective. You're thrusting him to a first second option, so that's it's always exactly. tough. It's now, always now tough. you made me feel bad. Now I'm actually nervous. He is gonna listen to this, and he's not gonna be happy with me. So thanks a lot, John. We're a bunch of nobodies. It's okay. He's not going to listen to this. Anyway. For now. Okay. Final ruling. Of all the 
from the Nuggets game, Brian Seaman had a master class. I can't I don't even know which one was my favorite, but I want to know your ruling on this line specifically. After Jeff Green dunked in transition, Brian Seaman said, "That man played for the Sonics." What's your ruling? What <laughs> what did it uh, it's a 10. I mean, come on. It's, it's a 10. It's not even – I don't have to think twice. I don't have to blink. I don't have to – it's just, it's a 10. That, I, I even tweeted it right away. That one was just really funny. He had some great ones, though. We had when Reggie dunked it over Jokic with – he said, with the guts of a daylight burglar, Reggie. That one was great, too. He's He's been great. How can you not love Brian? Bro, that – the Sonics one, honestly, I laughed out loud. I, like, never laughed. Yes. Like, I, watched, I, I was, like – I was like, bro, I can't believe you just said that. It was just so out to me. It would seem so random, but it was so funny. If I was the it judge was. like you, I would also give it a ten because I feel like no other play by play announcers thinking of that. So shout yeah. out Brian. I hope you're listening. That would be sick. But keep up the good work, man. I hope everyone on the uh, it was on NBA TV. I hope the national audience got to experience that. Uh, I'm not sure if they used our feed or Denver's feed, but that was great. So. That concludes the Judge Jack segment, and that will also conclude today's episode. But before we go out, uh, we just want to send a special shout-out to Farbod of SI. He recently tweeted that he lost his father. Um, and that, That's really tough. I actually uh, lost my grandma yesterday, too, so I can kind of understand what he's going through. But Farbod, thoughts and prayers with you, man. Uh, Clipper Nation loves you. We're all here for we you. Love you, Farbod. Yeah, we hope you come back. Um, take all the time you need, but uh, we'll be excited when you come back to start covering the games again. Um, but yeah, shout out to you. You're one of the biggest parts of Clippers Twitter. So, and I, I've DM'd you a couple of times about getting my account started and how to get more engagement and stuff. And you always gave me really good uh, advice on that. So, shout out Farbod. You're the goat. Um, and that is going to do it for today, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening to our first episode. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your Clipper podcast. Jack and I uh, are looking forward to giving you guys uh, the best content we can. We appreciate the feedback. We really appreciate if uh, anyone listening to this for the first time, you're like our legacy listeners, and we'll always have that together. Uh, Jack, anything you want to say to the fans before we head this one out? Hey, thank you all for listening. Um, keep on giving us suggestions of what, what more you want to see on the pod, what you don't like from the pod. We love constructive criticism. And if you want to be mean about it, be mean about it. Be like, yo, this part of the pod sucked. Never maybe, do it again. And we'll be like, okay, sounds good. Maybe say it in Let a nice know. way. I'm sensitive. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, thank you guys. Love you guys. And as always, go Clips. Go Clips.